0: Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome again to another version of OBW Talks, our podcast where we sit around the table, so to speak, and we talk about scriptures just as if we were sitting in the kitchen, drinking a cup of coffee, and had our Bibles open and we're just talking scriptures. So, this is what we're going to do tonight, and we're going to continue with our series on the armor of God, which is in the sixth chapter of Ephesians. And tonight, we're going to talk about the last piece of armor. I don't know if we can really call it a piece of armor, but it's the last part of the uh, listing of things that we're to put on, to take and to put on. And that is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's going to be our subject tonight. And then after this, we'll we'll get into the, the third phase of the discussion, which is to deal with the benefits of fighting with the armor of God and the way the Lord would have us to fight. Uh, so we're going to uh, <clears throat> talk about the sword of the Spirit. And to start us off, I'll let me let me just say some things about uh, swords in general, and especially about the swords that the Roman legions used. And I'll just take a minute to do that, and then we'll have Brother Mark lead us in prayer, and then Brother Joe will get us level set again, and. And get us going, and then we will have our discussion. <clears throat> so, let me just uh, set the stage with uh, a little bit of discussion on the sword that the Roman legions used in the days in which the apostles lived. It was called the gladius, gladiolus. I'm pro- probably pronouncing that wrong, gladiolus. And it was, uh, uh, I think, about two feet long. And if you've ever seen a picture of it, I'm going to take take this chance. uh, Technology is not always our friend. But this would be, I don't know if everybody can see that or not, but that is a depiction of the Roman legion's sword called the gladiolus. And uh, its primary function was not to slash. It was not the kind of sword you wanted to use in one-on-one combat. It was not a fencing sword. It was not... A samurai sword, like you would see on a samurai stage where they were practicing the martial art of kendo, it was a sword primarily intended to stab with. And if you think about the way the legions were trained to fight, they fight. They fought in what was called a phalanx, where you had men shoulder to shoulder in tight formation, three or four uh, deep, rows deep. And with their shields in front, and when they came into contact with the enemy, they'd keep their shields in front of them. And then when the opportunity arose, they would move the shield and then stab real fast and bring the shield back. And what that did was it protected the Roman soldier, but it also allowed him to do the most damage in the in the fastest way. And, and the, the key prime, prime directive was to get the enemy off the field, whether to wound them Or to slay them. Now, this is a key to the discussion we're going to have a little later on is to remember that the sword that Paul has in mind, the apostle Paul has in mind, is the sword that was being used by the most successful army of all time, that was mainly used to stab. And it was not a sword that you needed a lot of skill. You didn't have to go to sword school to use it. It wasn't like fencing, it wasn't uh, man it was one-on-one combat. This was a group of men bunched together with a sword and shield in front of them, and they were taking opportunity to stab. The ones who had the big swords that people loved to look at, that was the Germanic tribes. And those kind of swords, as impressive as they were, and, and certainly as they looked, they were so long that oftentimes it did not afford them the opportunity to inflict the kind of damage that was being inflicted on them by those Romans with the smaller sword. So let's keep this in mind as we go forward, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Just be thinking a little bit ahead. Now, as we go
1: to the Lord in prayer, we're going to ask brother Mark now to lead us in prayer. Our heavenly father, we're thankful for, uh, another opportunity to gather together and discuss thy word pray for your, thy guidance and leadership and the things that we say and um how we say them and we pray that it's just to thy praise honor and glory and that it's edifying to those who may uh watch it um both live and watch it later and heavenly father continue to guide us together in thy word that uh, we would find strength and hope and consolation and those things that we read and understand that thou has blessed us with. Forgive us of all of our many sins in the name of Jesus Christ we pray amen amen. Now with that said brother Joe
2: show us the word. let's start by reading the verse Ephesians chapter 6 verse seventeen, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is, the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit would suggest the sword supplied by the Spirit. This is the only offensive weapon and the list of weapons Paul has identified in this lesson. This Gladius, the Roman sword, as Mike has described it, was probably around two feet long. Paul didn't say take the sword of the spirit plus 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 he said take the sword of the spirit believers today probably as much or more than at any time in the history of christianity need to relearn that lesson it's not the sword plus it's the sword an everyday believer with a reliable bible has what he needs to to Defend himself and to maintain clarity and focus in his faith. I want to use a couple of examples from Jesus himself to illustrate. I think it it goes a long way to to fulfill Paul's and Paul's use of of the sword in the way Mike described it and the actual Roman use of that sword. It wasn't for an extended sword to sword slashing kind of battle. It was to quickly open the shield, stab, draw it back, and close the shield. When we encounter someone who believes differently, what's our typical strategy? Flood the person with mm. 500 scriptures, all Guilty. of once, but don't do anything to explain those scriptures when you throw them out. Just, just destroy them with scripture every way you can. Well, let's see what Jesus did. In both uh, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, Jesus is facing the wilderness temptation. Satan comes to him, with various temptations to entice him away from his assignment from the Father. What does Jesus do? He does the same thing with every temptation. He begins his reply with three words. It is written. He -hmm. quotes one verse from the Old Testament and one or two sentences to Make the point, and Satan knows he has been defeated and nailed on that temptation. And so he goes on to the next one. Let's go to another lesson Jesus and the Sadducees. You'll find this lesson in Matthew 22, Mark 12, and Luke 20. The Sadducees told Jesus a story, it was to tempt him, it was to trap him. I'm sure they had used this story. Many, many times and and totally confused those Jews who believed in life after death and the resurrection, which the Sadducees did not. When they tell the story and ask the question, in the resurrection, whose wife will this woman be? Jesus told them, first of all, you err, not knowing the scriptures or the power of God. What does Jesus do? upon that comment. (laughs) He does the same thing he did in the temptation in the wilderness. He quotes one scripture from Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, when Moses said, who will I tell these people sent me? I, I don't know you. He had been educated in the gods of Egypt, but he didn't know and wasn't familiar with the God of Israel. God said, tell them I am has sent you, for I am the God of your father, of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Jesus, number one, affirms his knowledge of the accurate preservation of scripture by what he does here. He builds his entire argument on the present tense of the verbs. God didn't say, I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and your father. I am the God. That means Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who have been dead for over 1,500 years. Well, not, not, not over 2, 300 years at least. They're still alive, and God is still their God. That totally refutes. The argument of, and the belief of the Sadducees. So, number one, Jesus affirms the accurate preservation of Scripture, doesn't buy into the modern day idea that translators made mistakes, and what we have today is just not the inspired Word of God. You have to decide what is and what isn't inspired. Sorry, Jesus didn't buy, neither do I. Mm. In John chapter 10, verse 35, Jesus again quoted scripture and said, and the scripture cannot be broken, Mm -hmm. cannot be. And I want to I want to wrap up the opening thoughts with second Peter chapter one. I'll read verses 19 through 21. We have also a more sure word of prophecy where notice the, the, the comparison. Or contrast, a more sure word of prophecy. I'm going to ask the question, I'll answer it momentarily. More sure than what? Mm. Whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy He's talking about the Old Testament scripture now. Came not in the old time by the will of man. The 30, 40, however many men were involved in writing the Old Testament scriptures didn't write what was their personal imagination or belief. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The word "moved" is translated from a Greek word which was used in nautical circles in the first century, in the case of a of a sailboat. The sails are raised when the wind blows, and the boat, with all of its cargo is blown and carried along by the wind blowing in the sails. These men spake, they wrote the scriptures they wrote as they were carried along by the wind of the Spirit of God. It's a supernatural book. More sure than what? Peter has just finished describing a legitimate, real experience he had on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was a real experience. Jesus was there, God was there, Moses and Elijah were there. It was a real experience. But it was only an experience for Peter. We weren't there. That's right. So Peter is telling the people to whom he writes I can tell you about my experience, but you weren't there. You have to rely on me and my, my integrity and your opinion of my integrity to even believe it or not. But here's something you can go to personally and read for yourself. It's more sure. Than that personal experience I had, it's the reliability of Scripture, the Word Amen. of God. So with that, <laughs> brothers, have at it. <laughs> well, I'm good. I'll see you guys next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful thoughts, and I love your take on Peter's more sure word of prophecy. It doesn't mean anything for me to say this, but I have always tend I, I've always seen it. Like that, I just couldn't say it like like Mm -hmm. that, that he's talking about Scripture being far more preferable than personal experience. And not to say that Peter's experience wasn't actual and that it wasn't real and that he he didn't say the truth about it. But even that pales by comparison to the skillful use of the word of God. And I know. um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, does somebody say that? Oh. well,, oh. I just know that in saying the sword of the spirit, there's something meant specifically about that. and i and I like what you said. it's it's the the spirit is the giver. It's the sword that that we have from the spirit. but then he qualifies it further by saying the Word of God. Now, I want to ask the peanut gallery what does he mean by the word of God? And how does that relate? How how does that add to our understanding of what he meant by sword of the spirit?
3: As it is written. The scriptures. So he's
0: saying, he's saying, is he just saying the Bible is the, is the sword or is he saying something more than just that?
3: I don't know if you want me to say, I don't know what you want me to say. So say what
0: you want me to think you say.
3: I'm hijacking. I'm going to hijack it. Okay, good. Okay, thanks.
0: Are you, the, uh, are you our Huckleberry? <clears throat> I'm your Huckleberry. Okay, good.
3: good. Okay. Talk holiday. <laughs> Luke chapter four is one of my favorite scriptures to go with the sword of the spirit. I love, love, love Luke chapter four when he goes to Nazareth, his hometown. He's going to his hometown, and he goes to the synagogue. And they're all excited, you know. Here he comes, you know. Here he comes, you know. He's been giving everybody all this stuff, and now we've got him back. That he's, what's he going to do at home? He's going to do the best thing at home, <clears throat> but they're not going to see it. Yeah. That. The best thing he ever did. And to them, we, we, we got, we got shortchanged here. Where's the water and the wine? You know, come on. He goes in there. He's sitting there. I kind of see this as a primitive Baptist service. Sort of, you know, they're all in the synagogue. Maybe they sang a few songs, a few psalms. Hey, brother, brother, uh, <clears throat> come up here. Will you ask you to introduce services for us? We're going to ask you to preach. It goes up there. Now, they respected the word of God so much. They they had it there in these shelves, kind of on the locker key. And, And you were given the Bible, which was on scrolls by the the quote-unquote minister. So he was the steward of the word of God. We We can go a long way with that right there. But he hands Jesus the book of Isaiah. Now, I don't know if Jesus requested the book of Isaiah, whether this is the providence of God Happenstance, lighted on the field, belonging to Boaz. I don't know, but I want you you know. I love this. I I I want you to notice in 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 Luke chapter four, and I'm going to read it to you in verse seventeen. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, and found the place where it was written. Here's the sword of the spirit given to the man who made that very sword. Amen. Notice the care that he gives. it. Notice the respect. That he finds the place. He inspired it. But yet he finds the place. Why? Because this is the sword of the spirit. This is the word of God. And the fact that it is recorded and written by the spirit. Inspired by the Spirit. And now here's the Son, the second of the Trinity, finding it and reading it out. These people in Nazareth are given one of the greatest things that has ever been given to a village, and they are going to throw off. Take heed, y'all. Take heed. We've got got the same thing right here in the Word of God. We've got it right here. Don't discount what we've been given. Amen. Amen. I'll amen that myself. (laughs) Amen. And he he reads it. He reads it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight of the blind and set them at liberty, them that are bruised. And he preached the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were the synagogue were fastened upon him. Notice all the details that was given. And now they're all looking at him. Did they not have ever heard the scripture before? Were they not expecting this? Were they caught off guard? Did he say it in such a way? Was the power in his voice. Never man spake like this man. Can you imagine? Had to have been because... Here's the man that inspired it, reading it. It had to be like thunder, like quiet thunder hitting. And then he says, the best news this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. They, They should have started amening, shouting, shouting. There should have been like several amen corners erupting, erupting. People rushing up there like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me more i want no explain this to me and explain it by the word of the lord but we know they rejected it they rejected it and 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 i and i'm taking too much time no. but it's interesting to me as no. i read this in luke chapter four and this is in in, in keeping with the subject at hand um this day is the scripture fulfilled in your in your ears that should have just that should have been enough that should have been end of it he should not have had to say more except to explain what he just said but no you know he he they, they said is this is this joseph's son is not this joseph's son no it's jehovah's son it's the son of god but then he so he, he goes away from the scriptures and he quotes a common proverb. This is not in the scripture. You will surely say unto me, this proverb, a physician, heal thyself. That's not in the scripture, right? I don't think that's in the Bible. It's a common proverb. And then and then he knows their hearts, he says whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do thou here in thy country. Uh, you gave them the show. You gave them, you know, the big event. And you're just reading a scripture and saying it's fulfilled. Like, we don't know the thing about that. Come on. Physician, heal thyself, which had been a common proverb. And then, and then he says, and then he comes up and he matches them with his own proverb. He coins a proverb on the spot. Mm-hmm. He says, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. I don't think that's ever been said before. That's not, he did not say this is a common proverb. He came up with this. That's tough. That's tough. They should have been ashamed. I'm ashamed. It's almost like I was there. And he and, and then he goes on and then he, he says all right y'all you all i gonna give you more of what you don't want here's some more scriptures for you remember the widow remember you know the widow of elijah day what about what what what, what about that what if, you remember name in the Syrian y'all want y'all want miracles remember all that and it wasn't done in Israel all right take this y'all Here's the sword of the spirit. Use This is how we are to use the sword of the spirit. Now, we're not Christ, but there's nothing else better. If he had something better, he would have given it right here in Nazareth.
2: He had the best.
1: He, he did. He best. Great point, Dave.
2: Y'all go ahead. I'm ready. I'll run with that. If y'all are. Sorry.
1: Oh, that's a great great point. I mean, piggybacking on on that and what brother Joe said when he referenced the um a couple of the places where Jesus said as it is written, it made me jump on here and look because the the apostle Paul especially in the book of Romans uses as is, as it is written yeah. in such a way to defeat the argument and answer the questions before they're asked. Right. right. So just to give you a couple, uh, he says in uh, one and 17 of Romans, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's from Habakkuk, right? Yep. Three and 10 is a big one. So this shuts down the argument of the spark of life, the ember of good, the ability for us to do anything when it comes to our eternal salvation, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Um, then he he continues on and he says in Romans nine and 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated each one of these that the apostle Paul uses. And there's more that are there, but each one of these that the apostle Paul uses is a direct Um, I don't know the words I'm trying to find. Let's just say that it, it would immediately shut down any argument, any battle and any question that someone might say, you know, in in the ninth chapter, a little bit further down, he says, what shall we say with regard to Pharaoh is, is there unrighteousness with God, you know, God forbid God raised Pharaoh up to show his power among the nations and to show his power in his nation of Israel. So he shuts down these arguments. He stops the, but wait a minute, what if, or wait a minute, what about, he stops all of that. How does he do it? With scripture. He does it with scripture. And and realizing today that the apostle Paul and the apostle Peter and John, they were writing scripture by divine inspiration, but they were referencing the scripture that they had in that day and used it, Old Testament Bible to defend the new Testament church and the doctrines that God had put in place, um, long, long, long ago. And so I agree, um, with you brother Dave in answer to brother Mike's question. I mean, I believe that the word of God in reference here in Ephesians chapter six is or are the scriptures. Yeah. And I think those are the proofs that, that they must be.
2: One, one thought brother Mark, um, all of those quotes from Jesus from from the ones you reference are old testament in 2 Timothy 3 Paul first reminds and and praises Luke for knowing the holy scriptures mm-hmm. from a child that was old testament new mm-hmm. testament right. was written at that time but when he gets down to the premier lesson in that passage he said all scripture right. is given by right. inspiration of God. Now, that's in chapter 3. In chapter 5, Paul, in beginning in verse 17, is teaching on the rightness of the care and support, financial support of the ministry. But he quotes scripture. Look what he, what he does in verse 18. For the scripture saith, mm-hmm. notice the, the, the quote carefully, thou shalt not muzzle the ox, ox that tradeth out the corn. That's Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Right. What's next? And this is no less scripture than Moses. The laborer is worthy of his reward. Try finding that in the Old Testament. <laughs> you won't. It's the gospel of Luke. Paul just put the gospel of Luke yeah. on an equivalent with the writings of Moses as Amen. scripture. Amen. Our word of God is not just Old Testament, it's both. And yeah. they are emphasizing that it is Old Testament. We don't ignore the Old Testament. No, 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 no. We see it in the light and revelation of the new. Yeah. But our, our sword today, it, ha- it, it it has two edges, it's old and new, and they're both the word of God.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah.
0: If I could tell on that thought <clears throat> with Joe about Paul quoting from Luke. Well, we find in second Peter three where Peter acknowledged that what Paul had written mm-hmm. was scripture mm-hmm.
3: yeah. and it's Isn't
0: it interesting how he says that people had rest, you know, they'd wrestled with it and they, they didn't make the right application of it or whatever they, as we would say today, they took a text out of context and. It and out of but joint. The, yeah. Peter, an apostle, uh, uh, approved a writing by another apostle, right. the apostle of the circumcision, of the apostle of the uncircumcision, <laughs> and those. Though that's that's important to us today because I think, first of all, we tend to look at the Old Testament as just that—it's the Old Testament. But to Paul and to Peter and the others, and to our Lord, it was the Bible. Amen. So, There was no idea of New Testament or Old Testament. And may I just say, the Apostle Paul makes this very telling statement in the last verse of the third chapter of Romans, where he says, do we make then the law through faith? God forbid. Nay, we establish the law. And I think his point there is, is if you cannot prove the Old Testament by the new, then what good is the new? Yes. It, it well, is Paul, it. Paul preached every doctrine we believe today with old what we today call Old Testament scriptures. Yes. Yes. Now that's being skillful. If you ask me, I, I think that's, that's a great example. And, you know, in this uh, idea of how we are to use the word and I'm about to shut up, but in how, like with the Sadducees, how just one scripture, They weren't counting on anybody going. They knew nobody could go to the first five books of Moses and prove the resurrection. They just knew it. But they didn't know it, really, because Jesus pointed them to really what seems so obvious now after you see how he used it. That, to me, is skillfulness. And we would think Jesus, of all people, would be the most skillful user of the word. Mm. But I think that if we look at it like that, that tends to miss a very important point. And I, I hearken back to the sword of these basic common people that were the Roman soldiers. You didn't have to go to sword school to know how to use a Roman sword. You just had to know who to stab, <laughs> where to stab and when to stab <laughs> and, and make sure you don't break ranks. And so to people today, and I'm, I'm, again, amening what you said about how many mistakes we make and how we talk to people about our faith. We just Bombard them with scripture after scripture, whether we're talking to friend or foe about the scripture, we do the best that we can. When we like Solomon did, he searched, he sought out wise words. He gave thought to scenarios and to situations and what would be the appropriate thing to say at that and basing it on scripture. Because if you can't base anything that you, claim as an ideology on scripture it's not worth claiming right. and so i just say we we there is an essence of skillfulness but it's not the kind of skillfulness that you need when you're propounding false doctrine you've got to be really on top of your game to keep that stuff going you yeah. have to create seminaries and universities <laughs> sorry i don't mean to get too yeah. too much in the weeds on that but if the Bible is meant for the common man. It's Amen. not meant for the select few uh, that have the brains to handle it. It's meant to be used by all of us. Right. Amen. And we can, if we will. And yeah. and yes, it's fine to be intimidated by what we find in the scripture. Great. You should have respect. Amen. But you should never let your fear of what you your, your education or lack thereof, Keep you from reading your Bible and studying it, and thinking about the proper use of being rightly dividing the word of truth.
2: You're here, um, <clears throat> a, 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 a old man, you, when you when you engage an old man in a round table discussion, you endanger hearing stories. <laughs>
3: <So> <laughs>
2: Are we about I, to hear a story? I, I hope you're going to get a story, but I hope it makes the point. This occurred in the late 1950s. There was a dear old brother, I was in my home where I was born and raised in Northeast Mississippi. He lived out in the country, about 50 miles south of where I lived. common home, a common man. I was visiting him in the spring after a long winter in Mississippi. He pointed to a shelf over in his little living room. There was a complete set of the Turner Lassiter John Gill commentary, the whole commentary. He said, Brother Joe, I spent my winter reading that. Wow. He read the whole of Gill's commentary <laughs> yeah. in one winter. Wow, Think about that. Right All right. I've never read it entirely. In- <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> but then he started critiquing Gill. And guess what he did it with? He did it with scripture. That's awesome. He spent similar time with the word of God. You don't speed read the Bible and become a a swordsman. You have to study to find those key passages for key ideas to do what Jesus by example taught us to do. That Mm -hmm. brother did it, and he 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 spent time with it. He had studied it, not speed read it.
0: That's a great story. That is is. exactly what you said it would do or hoped it
2: would do.
3: Yeah. Yes. Like, can I tell a story that happened yesterday?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The fresh story.
3: Yes, yeah, please. Joe's no story is better than mine, brother Joe's story. You know, great man. Years ago, this happened yesterday. Yesterday, uh, I went to the home of Elder Philip Conley, who, Dean, Texas, and after having you know speaks on the scriptures and going yes. on, goings on, he says, like, I want your family to challenge my family in a game of Family Feud on Nintendo Switch. Now, this is a video game, Brother Joe. It's a video game, and you know Family Feud. What does <laughs> this have to do with the scriptures? Just, just bear with me. <laughs> You're going to enjoy the story. And so, Brother Philip Conley has the most trivial mind of any man I've ever met in my life.
0: Which You mean a mind for trivia?
3: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And you know, I'm like, so it's so like, man, you know, we're 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 toast. We're gonna lose. We're gonna lose. Because he's gonna he's gonna beat us. This guy knows he's he's got it all, you know. And so like we're playing, and I'm like, I gotta be clicking on the draw, you know. So you got this controller, boo- you know, you butt buzz in, you know. And I kept I kept beating Philip on the draw. I kept I was like quicker on him, and I was like coming in with the answers. And then, like, on, on like, uh, on, like, the one-on-ones, I was, like, beating him, beating him. And he just finally just threw this controller on the couch. He says, this controller's messed up. (laughs) Mad. Oh, he's so mad. Mad because Dave beat him. Mad because he didn't win. But the thing is, is that he he wasn't using it correctly. He should have turned it the other way. (laughs)
0: wrong thing. He was not rightly dividing the console truth. Is that what you're (laughs) saying?
3: That's what he's saying. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. That's what I'm saying. All right. Okay. So. What a switch. Oh. oh! It was what a
0: Nintendo
3: switch. Nintendo. (laughs) If you don't trust what you're working with, then you're not going to trust what you're going to get out of it. Now,
0: that's a great
1: point right there.
0: That's a great
3: point. Yes. Okay. Or if what you got is faulty, well, then you still can't trust what you say. All right. And so the thing is, is that we need to understand that what we have in the sword of the spirit, the Holy Scriptures, the word of the Lord, is without error. Amen exactly what we need to know and it is everything we need to know it is a thorough furnisher and all that stuff that he says it is the word of god it is the king james version of the bible in my opinion is best translation in english that we have
2: and we can trust it okay but as as if god did beseech you by us yeah that's from scripture yeah and that was a, a writer of scripture writing that point yeah Amen,
3: amen, sir. Amen. But know how to use it. Don't yeah. don't be like Brother Phil and trust his own mind. I I know all these answers. Well, it's not working for you because you're not using it. You're not working it yeah. right. Don't trust in yourself. Trust in this. But right as Mike said, he stole my thunder. But amen, rightly the fire, the word of truth.
1: And that and that does not mean separate fact from fiction or truth from error. By the way, that rightly dividing. Oh, Amen, Mark. That that means to to uh, put forth in a truthful manner without perversion or distortion. So says months. That was great. And I know that there's sometimes that somebody might think, well, that's to you know that means to throw out the chaff and keep the good. No, there is no chaff. There's no chaff in the gun. Okay.
2: Hello. So,
1: and that's (laughs) and and uh, that's a great point. Brother David, if you have it and you have, so you have the King James James Bible, or I have the King James Bible and I've read the King James Bible, but I use it incorrectly, which would mean I would be think, saying, well, the Bible says this when it really doesn't, then mm-hmm. it's 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 useless. It's useless. Right. It's a worthless effort if it's not being used right. right. So brother Mike, can I, I've got a short story. So I'm going to classify myself in the same age bracket as brother Joe and brother Dave. Hey, I'm going to tell a story. I'm the
0: youngest guy tonight. Is that what you're saying?
1: Here's you got to tell a story. Cause well, anyway, I, I had a, I had a really good friend I used to work with and very, he was a, he was a wonderful man, wonderful family. He was a deacon in his church. He and I would spend our lunches talking Bible. We, he was not primitive badness. That's okay. Uh, he loved me and I loved him. And I believe I'll see him in heaven someday. Amen. So, but he, he came in one day and he said, uh, he said, I've got a problem with, with the way you interpret things. And I'm like, well, lay it on me. What do you mean? He says, well, the Bible specifically says we have to accept Christ. (laughs) And I said, okay, well, I'd say, do this for me. If you'll show me in the Bible and take all the time you need. Show me in the Bible where it says we have to accept Christ. I'll do it, and I'll join your church. And, boy, he said, you got a deal, and he went off and everything. And after after several days, he came back, and he says, I've got a problem. (laughs) And I said, what's the problem? He says, the Bible doesn't say that. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what is is, did you find the word uh, accept or some form of it? He said, yeah, it's in Ephesians chapter one and it's about us being made accepted. And I'm cool. like, there you go. There you go. I mean, uh, but we just had a great relationship and and everything. And, but it, it made me think about this whole topic made me think about the fact that, you know, if we have something that's instilled in our minds by someone that's, you know, we just listen, Oh, well, they said this, so it must be true and we never place it against The Bible, like brother Joe's friend, you know, he critiqued Gil using scripture, which is the exactly right thing to do. But if we take an idea in and we say, well, he said it, so it must be true. We never place it against scripture. Then we don't know if it's true or not. And scripture will bear out every truth and it will shine a light on every lie. Why would we not want to take up the, the, uh, the uh, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It, it is a thorough furniture, uh, brother Dave. It really is. Well, would you, would you brethren say
0: that as far as how to become skillful in, uh, in the use of the sword? And again, we've already said, you don't have to be a theologian or a master to, but, you know, uh, uh, go to the school of debate and become a PhD in debating. Would we say Paul in Ephesians has already given us enough information to know how we can become better than what we now are, how we together become, we grow up together, because he gave gifts unto men, and mm-hmm. one was apostles, one was prophets, oh. one evangelist, one was pastors and teachers, and what were what were those gifts given to the church to do for a script- the perfecting I, of the saints?
3: I've got, I got a scripture I want you to interpret for me. Yeah.
0: This is a Mike Montgomery question. All right. So speak loudly. I, I, you're you're not as loud
3: as you were. I, I'm, I'm away from my search. The scriptures for in them. You think you have eternal life for there. They, they would testify of me. I want you to run with that. Explain that to me.
0: Well, for one thing, you misquoted the text.
3: Oh, Good. Good. Okay. Did, did,
0: did, I've misquoted it for years this way where I've said search the scriptures for in them. You think you have eternal life. But they are they that testify of me. It does not say but. And, and. and they are they which testify of me. So there's a there's an and both and I think to what the Lord is saying. Yes, it does. Uh, you 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 learn about eternal life in the scriptures. I think that's a truth. Um, you can learn how you have eternal life by grace in the scriptures. Uh, but and on top of that, if I can put it, moreover. They testify of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which is the answer to all the questions, right? That we can have about eternity and about ourselves. That's my explanation. Not, well, how about you, other, other brethren?
2: <laughs> yeah, I want. What do you think, Brother Joe? I agree. Uh, a, an interesting observation. They thought they could find their own personal eternal life in yeah. the scriptures.
0: They did. They did.
2: Jesus yeah. said. You're wrong about that. But in the scripture, you read, and the testimony of scripture is to the one who does give you Amen. eternal life, and that's me. That's it.
0: I, I That's what I'm tr- I was trying to say, was that how you find eternal life is in Jesus Christ, and the scriptures do testify to that. Yep. That's why we should search the scriptures.
3: Exactly. So, I mean, that wasn't a flight of fancy when he said, they are they which testify of me, right? Yes. And that was the read. They
1: do. Don't they? They correct. Testify. Correct. They
3: do. Okay. You know,
0: uh, that brings up Romans 10 and two or three where it talks about for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek and the, and the understanding we should have of the word end E and D. Um, I think it ties back to the text you brought to us, Dave, is that <clears throat> they are they which testify of me, yeah. uh, the scripture, the the goal, if I may put it like this, the, the the point where where all converges is in Jesus Christ. Everything about the old what we call the Old Testament somehow, some way relates to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the law in particular pointed to Jesus Christ. But it found the law found its end, its culmination in
2: Jesus, Jesus Christ,
0: right right and and so all of that types and shadows that as glorious as it was it wasn't nearly as glorious as what we have in the gospel because we have a clear light in the gospel Mm like that they didn't have in that old law worship form of service so again we have in the gospel i think is the sword of the spirit there's another sword of the spirit is the 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 uh, preaching of the gospel it's a You know, a lot of people will prove they can prove everything we don't believe by the King James. (laughs) (laughs) They can take the King James and prove the most terrible things you can imagine. Uh, And they're using the same Bible that we use. I remember Dave, what dad said about when he and mom were studying with that other group uh, and their pastor came. And he said later, he says, honey, they use the same King James that we're using. How do I know which is right? You or them, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, mom told him to go talk to uh, Elder yeah, Sam Knight. Some of you know may know who I'm talking about. And he said he would, and he did. And he spent three hours on Brother Knight's front porch. And Brother Knight rightly divided the word of truth.
3: Scripture knew it, knew it right in his head.
0: And I think the spirit blessed that conversation. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. instead of him being overwhelmed with this consternation, that he had from the other group's minister. In this sense, he had a peace about it. He had a sense of this is right. It's thus saith the Lord, and it's right thus saith the Lord. Wow. It's like you said, Mark, about rightly dividing the word of truth. Brother Knight took truth and he put it together in the right way, right, and it made sense. So I think again in that those short stabbing motions of the Roman sword, do we find a parallel for us in? the the way we are to think about using the sword of the spirit. It's a spiritual thing. Uh, We are to uh, remember that it is a spiritual understanding or inclination by which we are able to use it or make sense of it. And then I'm going to segue to this guys, the word of truth. There's various ways that phrase is used in God's word. Uh, Think about John one. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. First John 5, 7, the word, which we know is the, the second of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. But I'm also aware that the, the word of truth is used to speak, specify the uh, the scriptures. Sometimes it's called the word of faith. But there's one scripture in particular in Hebrews 4. And let me see, I had it queued up. and It's in Hebrews 4. Let me find it real fast. Hebrews 4. Are are somebody already there,
2: by the way? Verse 12, yeah.
0: Okay, verse 12. He says, I'll start with verse 11. Let us therefore labor to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, should I read the next verse? Yes. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Brother Joe Holder.
2: Read verse 14
1: while you're at I was about to say, go ahead and get 14 while you're there.
0: I will. Yeah. Seeing then, yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Brethren, what are we to make of that? How does it how does it relate in any way whatsoever to what Paul says is the sword of the spirit, the word of God?
2: I I would suggest that Paul in this context, says too much for this to be a reference to scripture. Amen. First of all, the word of God is quick. It means alive. Neither, the first word in verse 13 connects verse 13 with verse 12. The thought continues. Verse 12 is not an isolated standalone. It's it appears in a context, and you you rightly emphasize. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in, not its sight, his, his. sight. So the and word of
0: the word of God he, here is his.
2: It is. It
0: his points back to the word of God.
2: That's right. And verse fourteen goes on to say, his sight. The word of God is. Our high priest, Jesus, the son of God. This says way too much to refer to scripture. Okay. So
0: I think we're all Take it in was, context. We're very much agreed on that, right? I mean, that, that's not talking about the scriptures no. or even the preaching of the gospel. It's talking about Jesus
2: himself. It's talking about the author of scripture and the subject of scripture. But would we not also agree that there are some uh, sword
0: language in that 12th verse? Oh, yes. yes. So is there anything to make of a comparison between the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and this word of God that's mentioned in Hebrews
2: 4.12? Um, Back to Dave's scripture. Search the scriptures. They are they which testify of me. The Jews thought they were getting something out of scripture. That scripture was witnessing, but what they needed to get, was not in scripture, but in he whom scripture bore witness to, Jesus. Jesus is the sharp word of God. Everything in this whole context describes him. He is witnessed in scripture. That's why we have the clarity of truth in scripture that we have. It talks about him. I love that. God told example, the, the one of the first passages I referenced, Jesus with the Sadducees, he quoted from Exodus three. God told Moses, tell them, I am sent you, for I am that I am. Mm. How right many times in John's gospel did Jesus refer to himself with the same two words? Before hmm. Abraham was, before mm-hmm. Abraham mm-hmm. came to exist, I am. Yes.
0: Not that I was or I will be. I right. am. Right.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. So there's a correlation, but it's a testimony of him. He is scripture is not God. Scripture is not Jesus. It bears witness to him. And so if it bears witness to the true character of him, then we can accept it. scripture as the, the use that Paul gives it in Ephesians 6. But we see the captain of our salvation and the captain of our army in Hebrews 4.12. Mm. So not only has he much given much. us a sword, he is our sword. Yeah, yes. okay. That's yes. where I would,
1: there you go. That's for us.
2: It'll, like like Genesis 15, fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Yes, yes. yes. He didn't say I gave you a shield. He said I am. Right. Shield. Jesus is the sword. Mm. And scripture bears witness of him. And that witness is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. And he, in, in Ephesians 6. Hey,
1: right, what do you very well we say? I, uh. I just say, ditto. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't say anything more than what brother Joe said. It was just very well put
3: here, 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 here. Can I just, uh, bring up one little thing before we, uh, I know it's running out of time. No,
0: we got a few more minutes.
3: When I read it. You know, when I read about the Mount of transfiguration, my favorite part is when Peter got his, you know, you know what kicked by the Lord. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite. I want to get, I want to get to it because. Because I get to that when, you know, they, you know, the bright light, and then they looked and they saw no man save Jesus only. I mean, what a thing. And that's what we should always see in the scriptures is Jesus only. But then when Peter talks about it, Peter's going to write about it. He talks about the Holy Mount, you know, in, was it, Second Peter chapter 1. And he doesn't talk about getting in trouble. He didn't talk about his little foodfall there. <laughs> no he yeah. did
0: he did have a football on the mountain well, yes yeah. yes
3: yeah. well well see here's the thing is um the scriptures are a thorough furniture. you know i love when paul talks about in act chapter 20 uh he, he mentions christ saying uh it's more blessed to give than to receive more blessed to give than to receive what gospel is that recorded in none, oh, none. Um, but he must have said it right yep
0: well, yeah. not everything Christ said was recorded. Yeah. That's what John said. If uh, if yeah. everything that he said and did was recorded, the world would not be able to contain the books.
3: Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. stuff that's not recorded in the four gospels is what we need is recorded somewhere. Yes. So, right. Yes.
0: yes. That's right. That's right. But not mm-hmm. much. I mean, Paul found one.
2: Yeah. That's what we need. But yeah, yeah. we need that one. That's good. We need that one. All right.
3: Then we come over here to Peter, like uh, I'm going to not talk about what I said. So here's a check and balance. He says, but for all you Dave Montgomery's up there who want to go to the National Enquirer, let, let, I, want, I want to tell here's what's really important. It's not what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's not, that was glorious, but we, what did he say? What did he say? We have a more sure word of prophecy. And, and, and he said that prophecy came of, not in old time by the will of man, but holy men, not holy men of old, which is commonly misquoted, holy men of holy God, God, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, Brother Job, am I right in thinking that, that that more sure word of
2: prophecy is the Scriptures? Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. sir. And I would I would qualify it with old and new. He's talking about the old, but the new was given in the same way. Yes. Yes. That's right. Amen. And Peter, actually, Dave, in that context, Peter is our witness. He says, after my decease, I want you to have something that's more sure than my personal experience. When I'm dead, I can't bear witness to my personal experience. I'm writing you so you'll have something in black and white. When I'm dead, you can still read it and rely on it.
3: That's good. That puts
2: us right in touch with scripture.
3: That's good. Thank you. (laughs) God, that
2: man.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So let's begin to wrap this up because we're close to the end of the oh, hour.
2: Short hour. Thank so, you. Is.
0: So we, we're, we're in that sixth chapter of Ephesians and we're, we've been talking about at the beginning who it is we're fighting against and why we're fighting against him. And then we get into uh, how we're supposed to fight against him. And now and we've gotten to the last thing. All we've talked about is the armor of God, but I think you can make a case that the the, the the sword of the spirit is equally as much armor as it is weapon. Yes. Sure. We're, we're to use that in our warfare together with one another in our fighting against our enemy. So uh, let's put this in perspective, or one of you, or all of you put it in perspective. How? What is Paul getting at when he says... The, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God in relation to this warfare in the armor. Um, I don't have a, I don't have anything I want you to say. I just want to hear what you have to say.
2: Well, first of all, at no point in Paul's description of the armor and its use is anything more important than when we pick up the sword is to go back to the beginning When he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and so on. Don't pick up the sword and stab each other with the word of God. Don't club each other black and blue and bloody with the scriptures, with, with an overbearing, brutal attitude. This is for the enemy. Let me give you an example. I I quoted and referenced both Jesus with the temptation in the wilderness and with the Sadducees. One verse, one sentence, bing, it's done. But when we go to, for example, the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, some people are touched in their heart. And they ask the apostles, what does this mean? What are we supposed to do? Peter doesn't quote one scripture, give them one sentence and stab and walk off and say, if you don't get it now, you're not going to get it and leave them. He gently leads them through multiple scriptures from the Old Testament and says they're all fulfilled in Jesus. Hmm. He teaches gently and he uses multiple scriptures and he takes his time and preaches a sermon. That's why we're called to preach the gospel. But don't preach it with a club in your hand. Amen. Keep the sword ready for the enemy. Don't right. use it on your brothers and sisters. That's one thought. There are a lot of others there. I'll, I'll leave the rest for you Amen. guys.
0: Amen. Amen. What, what would it be like to set, to describe, this will be the last one. Someone who did a good job in taking the whole armor of God and was wearing it, but did not take the sword of the spirit. What is, what is a soldier that's fully armored without the sword? What do you think?
2: Very good. He'll eventually lose the battle. He'll be pushed out of position.
3: Hmm.
2: hmm. I, don't, I agree. I, you can't win any battle only in defense. You can hide behind the shield, but sooner or later, the enemy is going to overpower you, push the shield over, and trample over you. So
0: yeah. as a point, is a you point, then up. we have no alternative, right? We we yeah. have to take the sword of the spirit. It, yes, must be. Yeah. No matter how weak and and low in thought you may be, you have no choice. Yes, you must Amen.
1: take the sword of the spirit. Amen.
2: Well, that only applies to free church, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> you had to say that it's for everyone in the church.
0: Amen. This,
2: this letter was written to a church, and this analogy is for the whole church.
3: Amen. That's
0: so right. now we got, we got us armored, and we got the sword, and we know how to use it, and we're using it together, fighting together. I think we're a very effective force at that point, don't you? Yes. Yep. So now, next time, we'll talk, start talking about, God willing, The the good that comes from it, what what it helps accomplish, and it kind of surprises me when I read some of those verses. I'm I'm thinking what and it's, but you have to put yourself in the right frame of mind, the one that the Apostle Paul was in.
2: Yes, yes,
0: to see why what he said is so crucially important to us today. Yes, and we hope to get into that next week when we talk about why we fight. Yes. So with that, commend you, four brethren. You did a fantastic job. Thanks for putting up with me, and thanks for helping me. I really feel like I got help tonight. Thank you, thank you,
2: thank you, brothers.
0: And we will close now with prayer. Uh, Brother Dave, would you do
3: the honors, please? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. This has been a wonderful time for me. We trust for all. Lord, you just keep teaching us. We thank you. We hope that we would have the spirit of learning and to keep uh, learning and understanding and applying. We pray you bless uh, the church and bless all our members that we would learn the use of the sword of spirit better and bless us their Father, to keep going uh, as in this world. Thank you for all your tender mercies and your blessings. We ask it all in Jesus' name, And amen. Amen.
0: <laughs> amen. And with that, we will say goodbye. Say goodbye, everybody, and we'll right. see you next week. Bye. Goodbye, everybody.